Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, this episode, no video. Um, if you're one of the people that, <laughs> that I get, I don't know how you'd find this. Why did I start it that way? How stupid. Um, I have too much going on. I'm going out of town next week. So I have a lav mic on. I'm walking around my house uh, solving some problems. I'm probably going to go into the uh, into my garage at a point. Very exciting for you to be along, <laughs> along with me for this journey. Um, God, I had stuff that I wanted to talk about too. And now I'm, uh, and now I'm casting down on, oh, SNL did another one of those things. So the, there's this, uh, Ukraine, Russia conflict going on that, you know, whatever, I don't actually feel any obligation to talk about it, but I'll acknowledge that it's happening and that I know nothing about stuff like this. Like, like I, I find it extremely annoying. By the way, like, I mean, as a stance, like I'm basically anti-war, I think. Um, but I don't know anything about this specific situation, how we all of a sudden became like social scientists and tacticians it's the same i know it's like a it's like a meme online now but the like the same people who were uh armchair virologists and uh um whatever you know the thing they're climate change experts everyone's an expert on everything you can become an expert and have a lifelong opinion that you created 14 minutes ago when you uh <sighs> The world is stupid, everybody. Um, so that's happening. It is happening. I do the dude uh, Zelensky, the the uh, Ukrainian president or whatever his uh, actual title is. Obviously, like pretty badass. That uh, the dude is the president of the country, and he's like, I'm staying and I'm shooting, <laughs> like. I'm shooting Putin. <laughs> I think we'd have more respect for Vladimir Putin if he was throwing taekwondo kicks in the middle of fucking Kiev. <laughs> I don't think we'd have full respect for him. But it's also weird to me that like the we just bounce back and forth between whether we like or dislike Russia depending on what it's it's uh um like. Hillary got accused of colluding with Russia and Trump got accused of colluding with Russia. And it's just really hard to tell 
as a moderate liberal who I'm supposed to, what, what, what is my opinion of Russia supposed to be like in nine months, you know? It's very, uh, it's very complicated. Um, and it's probably going to be bad, but also that dude Zelensky's a, a former comic and uh, comedic actor. Which is, this is easily the the most badass thing a comedian's ever done, is to, like, become president and then just be like, throw me a gun, we're going. Like, I'm part of the, whatever the U.S. thing is, is the well-regulated militia. Um, so yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I said I don't care if I talk about it, and now I'm just talking about it a bunch. I, uh, I'm not necessarily uh i as i understand it that's not like this like cut and dry i just don't believe in evil everybody that's the thing is i just don't believe in evil i don't think that uh there's like i don't think it's a completely unprovoked attack i think that it's pretty obvious that there are severe downsides of this for russia they're getting sanctioned out the ass and whatever, and I'm not, I don't know what the exact reasons are, but I know that it's not completely unprovoked. Uh, but again, they are the aggressors, and they do seem to be, uh, maybe the first time in my life that I can remember that a, um, a new, I guess like the Crimea thing was similar to this, but a new, like, this has not been really a war in my life, except for the Crimea thing. Um, and new countries like went to war in this way, where it was like we're just gonna assume we're gonna we're gonna uh, absorb you into our country is like the idea. It feels like. But again, like I don't know what the I don't know what the uh, what the uh, all the dynamics are in this in this Russia Ukraine thing. And then it feels like just to say that people are like, "Oh, so you, so you do?" I mean, you know, I don't fucking know. I don't know. It seems like uh, this Putin fella is real, real mean. That's what I have to say. That's my my uh, political analysis. Um, I have stand-up dates coming up. Uh, not in Kiev. I do, I am friends, by the way, with uh, <clears throat> Ron on Hirschberg, who is on tour with Louis C.K. in uh, in Europe right now, and <laughs> I'm sure not doing, he, Ron's like a pretty anxious dude, he's produced a couple shows in Tacoma, His, he's got family that lives in Tacoma, and uh, he's produced a couple shows when he comes to town. And it's always like the last day is very stressful. And I'm already like, I already don't like the stress of producing shows. And then Ronan's like a little bit of a a neurotic fella. Um, so I'm sure that that neuroses, those neuroses are not completely at bay in, uh, in Europe right now. Um, what else? What else do we have to talk about? Is there anything, uh, are there any comedy controversies? I don't know if there are any new comedy controversies. I guess the thing we have to talk about, and this will end up being a pretty uh, short episode. Ooh, no, I do have a comedy thing to talk about. We're going to talk about the MLB, um, the potential MLB shortened season in a moment. 
<clears throat> and the fact that I started playing golf. We're going to talk about that also. But um, I posted a video on Instagram. And I what I meant to do when we record this, when I recorded this, was to have the video ready and just play it and kind of analyze it as we went through. And I know there's a voicemail, by the way. And, uh, oh, I was looking at the, out the, I just was staring out the window at my, I saw somebody walking a dog, and I thought it might, might be my buddy, but it's a different dog that looks very much like my buddy's dog. Um, this is why I should be in a podcast studio and not walking around my house, because, you know, as it turns out, you don't see this dog also. We're not actually experiencing this together. I posted a video on Instagram and TikTok. And it's a video that's actually like, well, it's so on this uh, baby weight EP thing, I just keep releasing short chunks of it. I actually just found out that TikTok changed the max length video to 10 minutes, which is probably bad for most people. Like we don't actually need 10 minutes, but um, for comics, that's pretty good. Cause like most of my bits are between like, I'd say three and five minutes. So like this one, for example, is this bit about me uh, wanting to have kids. Um, so the, the joke goes that uh, I was trying to get my wife pregnant. And there's this really clever misdirect that I wrote where I say, I was trying to get my wife pregnant for three years. Um, and that's hard on a couple. It's hard on, it was hard on both of us, but I realized it was hard on her for very different reasons. Like it was hard on her because she was actively trying not to get pregnant. Pause for laughter. And then I say it was hard on me because uh, have you ever tried to break a condom using only the power of positive thinking? Now this is in a uh, in a bit. This bit is like three and a half minutes long, and this bit is the first bit I ever did on the stage. It's become much better than it was the first night I rolled it out, but much of the framework has remained exactly the same. And like the kind of core funny points, there are things that are still there. And so I, uh, I, um, I wrote this joke or I tell this joke and then I talk about how, uh, you know, how the reasons I want kids and all that stuff. And, and the, the thing, this commenter, I'm about to talk about a commenter, which has got to be the most exciting thing to ever happen on a podcast ever. But the thing this commenter of course doesn't know is the rest of the jokes that surround this, the fact that this whole thing is about how I already have a kid, the, there's a happy ending to the story, which is that my wife and I uh, decided to have a child. We had a child on purpose. Um, but this person interpreted that joke as I was trying to, oh, and yeah, so that I was trying to, uh, what did, unconsensually impregnate my wife. So that is the that is the tension point at the beginning where I say I was trying to get my wife pregnant and she was trying not to. That is the tension point. Of course that's the tension point. But there the misdirect is I didn't do that. I just used condoms. That's how I mean so my point is uh first off the crowd laughs, the crowd got it. This lady didn't get it. And to me, the most frustrating thing, like when you watch someone bomb at an open mic and they're like, well, what I actually mean is this. It's like, well, yeah, you got to convey that better. But when you're watching a clip where the crowd laughs, or in my case, I've seen 
I've done this joke for fucking seven years. I know that crowds understand what I mean. I don't think it's funny. I genuinely, I don't think like crowds would find it funny for me to just go up and go, I was trying to come in my wife without her knowing. That's not what I'm saying. And so uh, the fact that the crowd is laughing makes your argument that this is actually not funny because you've chosen to interpret this joke in the least generous way possible. It makes that, and like not even least generous way possible because this is beyond, I believe this is beyond the logical interpretation of this joke. And also, can I just say that comedians are not admitting to crimes like this on stage? Do you know what I mean? It's not like I've been touring the country telling the world that I am an actual rapist. Are you fucking kidding me? So, uh, <laughs> so this lady comments. She comments. Uh, this is like, actually, you know, actually, it's always got to have punctuation in between. So it's like, actually, question mark, not question mark, funny question mark. And, uh, we got into like a little bit of an exchange and then it ended with her going, well, I said like, yeah, it said like, uh, she said, you know, whatever this is, it sounds like you're trying to unconsensually impregnate your wife. That's actually not funny. And I said, oh yeah, condoms are a great way to unconsensually impregnate someone. And she goes, uh, she said something about like, um, oh, I can't remember what she said, but she goes, uh, were you guys not on the same page? And I was like, I said, uh, yeah, my wife wanted to, or wasn't ready to have kids. I was ready to have kids before my wife was. So for the years in between, we used contraception to do what she wanted. I respected her views. I didn't write all this, but like, I respected her views. I am a fucking true, like, uh, what, uh, there's like a wave of feminists that I am. I'm not the most recent wave of feminists, but I'm one of the waves of feminists. And I, uh, I respected my wife's desire to wait to have kids. It is something that it's like uh this uh, we've been watching Seinfeld lately but it is like the nuclear you got to have two people with the key and you both have to turn it up, mutually assured destruction something like this like you need to have mutual agreement on this and it's not one way if i didn't want kids and my wife did no if uh if we both didn't want kids no if she didn't want kids and i did no if we both want kids we will have kids and we did we had a kid and my point is, is that were we on the same page or not is literally included in the joke that this lady was responding to. But I think that she was a, uh, I believe she was a very young person. And my suspicion is, is there's this like, there's this, uh, like euphorication. Is that a word? Um, there's this kind of like, like. Um, unrealistic view of what a relationship should be kind of, uh, like, I don't know, even like this, this like modern, I think about these things sometimes because I don't really care about like 
calling someone by a different pronoun, for example. Like, that's the big, that seems to be our big, like, one of our cultural lightning rods. And I don't really care about it either way, right? Like, I'm, I'll call someone whatever pronoun that they want to be called, but I also don't, like, specify my pronouns every room that I walk into. Like, it's not, uh, it's not important to me. So, um, oh man. Did I completely lose my train of thought? I was thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch as I was talking, and I lost full track. How did we get there? Let's retrace the steps. The nuclear codes. Feminism. Maybe I lost it. Maybe I... Relationships. Idealistic relationships. So another, uh, one of the things that I've heard about, uh, like also, for example, like in 2010, when I started dating my wife, if I had walked up and asked her what her preferred gender pronouns were, she'd be very insulted because that wasn't the, that was not the, uh, the custom of the time. And so, um, this like kind of idea that you like, ask to kiss someone like in concept this sounds fine in concept it sounds great to both reach the exact moment that you want kids at the same time like you both reach that moment at the exact same time in reality i was with my wife for uh how many years we got together in 2010 we had our daughter in 2019 so over nine years we were together before we had a kid and I was probably ready about three months into our relationship. Uh, I mean, and ready, like, uh, enthusiastic about it in retrospect, it would have fucked our lives up so much. <laughs> it would have fucked our lives up so much to have a kid that at that point in our relationship. But I was enthusiastic about the idea of moving our relationship forward and having kids and starting a family and all that stuff. And it took a long time. My wife was never against it, but it took a long time for her to be ready to bear the brunt of, uh, you know, whatever, child, uh, I almost said child sacrifice, but (laughs) of childbirth, of of, uh, creating a child. And so this, the, the most lazy, like, this is what, it's annoying that comedians are under fire because none of us, most of us are fucking kidding all the time. And and it's just such an easy, lame, and boring way to like build clout is to go, well, I'm going to interpret this thing that a comedian said as a joke in bad faith as though they are willfully admitting to a crime on stage in front of hundreds of people every week and uh, that they're supporting criminal activity and immoral activity and uh abusive activity like of course not and don't get me wrong i mean obviously some comedians have some some problems some comedians have had some problems i'm not i'm not here to tell you that there's not comedians who are true degenerates true criminals true truly bad guys trying to make this mic make sure this mic is in good position because i'm worried it's been bouncing around this whole time uh, come on. All right, well, we're going to have to deal with it as it is. You're getting it as it is. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. Um, 
Anyway, that's it's very annoying. It's uh, one of the dumbest things, and it's to me like the sign of a uh, overestimated intellect by somebody that they overestimate their own intellect. Okay, now let's talk about sports. I started golfing, and I'm gonna try. I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, make this a like an accountability thing for myself. And also maybe entertaining content for people who uh, find me entertaining in some way. I um, I went golfing. For the first time in 17 years, I stepped foot onto an actual golf course. My first shot, I hit it and I kept my head down. I just wanted to hit it well. I didn't hit it well. I wasn't sure where it went. It went, it was a driver, one of the only par fours on this course. It was a driver that I hit down the center of the fairway about 130 yards or something like that. Like, it was not a well-struck ball. Par four, I triple bogeyed that first hole. And, uh, which I actually, like, one thing, I had this realization while I was golfing. And and I, I do, like, I am trying to make sure this mic is not fucked up. So I keep walking to a mirror in my bathroom. So the sound has to be just insane. It sounds like you're... Because the fan's on in my bathroom. Um, first hole. Triple bogey. Not mad. Because two things happened. One, I got off the tee like straight. I didn't hit anybody with the ball. And I realized that the dudes that we were playing with... It was my friend Jess Everett and I. And then these two random guys. Um... These guys have been playing golf for, like, decades. I've played golf for, like, almost a decade in my youth, and then I quit for almost two decades, and now I'm back. But I still know, like, some of the stuff. And what I realized is these dudes suck also. Like, I suck. Yes, I suck at golf. And I do. I realized the thing about myself, that I don't like doing things that I'm very bad at. But what I've realized is that golfers all suck. And so, uh, these dudes suck and it made me feel better about myself sucking. So first hole, triple bogey, second hole, par three, like 110 yards or something like that. A, uh, green that's, that's, uh, several feet of elevation below the tee box. And I, uh, off the tee, put her on the green, baby, uh, Still a pretty long second putt, so I ended up parring my second hole. And then my third hole, I uh, I don't remember what the exact circumstances were, but I ended up bogeying it. So I go triple bogey, par bogey, and I was like, I think I hit a, I actually think on that one, it took me three shots on a, on a no, on a par three, Took me, yeah, three shots to get on the green, and then I put down about a 20-foot putt. I putted really well. I hit uh, off the tee, decent but not great, and just literally not a single shot out of the field, or out of the out of the field, out of, off the course, off the grass that was uh, good at all. Like, not a single good shot. I chipped bad. I hit out of the fairway bad. I hit out of the rough bad. Uh, it was just bad all the way around. So, um, but in the interest of accountability, 
This was a par 29, nine hole course, and I shot a 47, 18 over. I actually, I'm using an app called Swing U, and I want to track, it's like, a, there's like, I have an interest in the data now that I didn't have when I was younger, so I want to track my ongoing progress and see, uh, I'd like to like have a handicap to measure by the end of this. So, and I really am enjoying myself. I'm, I'm uh, already, I have this problem where I just dive into things too hard and I'm already like, how can I set up a golf net and be able to swing the, the club, uh, you know, 50 times a day or something like that. And then finally, this major league work stoppage. This is what I have to say about it. I don't know anything about the inner workings. I haven't really been paying attention. It's one of the joys of uh, having a, a lot of things going on in your life is I'm not obsessed with a league that might delay the opening day, which is already a month away as it is. I did talk to some, I know a few people that work in baseball, we will say, and I think that they are uh, cautiously optimistic, but um, what I think is the players, this is the thing about the players. The players have no reason. The players are going to be gone on average in like three or four years. Most of these players aren't going to be in the league when the next CBA comes around. So the owners have to realize, like it doesn't fucking matter. What the, 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 the players are under no obligation to look out for the future of the game. Of course the owners are, but, but the players have to bargain for the players. And what the owners might find out from this is that fans actually don't care if the season's shorter. In fact, I think a lot of fans would like the season to be shorter. I've always thought that the it would be interesting to see like a uh, if baseball teams played like football teams, like they played one day a week, how much different strategy would be. I don't think we'd ever see a pitcher pitch over five innings for sure. We might see some guys go uh, three innings, go through the lineup once, but I don't think we'd ever see a second time through the lineup because... You'd have like uh, your very, very best pitchers available every week. Um, yeah, and I, you know, the rule changes. I'm like with baseball, somewhat of a purist. So if they get rid of the shift, I'm going to be annoyed about that. I think you should just let teams use their. I'm, it's funny because the purist in me makes me want them to not regulate it. Like, don't put in a new rule. The shift is a new age thing. But it's kind of an exploitation of these long-standing rules. And let's get these, like, dead pull, three true outcomes hitters to fucking, like, you know, take one the other way. Um, I do want robot umps, though. That is my one thing. I absolutely want robot umps. Okay, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm going to go. I'm going to eat lunch. Um, I, uh... Realized I got almost nothing done while I was walking around. I could have just been sitting at a studio table in my house. But we'll see how this sounds. Maybe it never comes out. And then you didn't even know it existed. And by the way, I do know there is a voicemail in the voicemail inbox. Send another one at 253-237-3217. I'm going to be out of town next week, so I'm going to have to record early. But let's stack some fucking voicemails. 253-237-3217. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I will talk to you soon.